0: One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. All right, we are here in our beautiful uh, virtual studios. We don't really have a studio, so we're gonna call it a virtual studio. This is Red Sox Beat, of course, Jess. Thomas, alongside myself, Jared Scali. Jess, it's a gross day outside.
1: Yeah, gross yesterday, gross today, and gross for part of tomorrow.
0: So, uh, no Red Sox game Monday night. If you're already, if you're listening tonight, then enjoy, enjoy us instead of just watching this miserable of uh, baseball team play baseball. You get to listen to us instead. If you're listening to past the game, then hopefully you enjoyed your Monday night because you're not watching baseball. <coughs> Excuse me. I uh, got some my throat right there. All right, sports fans. You want to engage with your favorite C-L-N-S personalities? Download the Reached app today for both the iPhone and Android. Are you a fan of the Celtics, Red Sox, Bruins, or Patriots? Of course you are. Make your voice heard. Join your favorite show, and our host will ask the questions. Make your answer, maybe, excuse me, maybe your answer will get heard on air. Download the Reach app today at wwwreachappcom backslash CLNS. Struggle to get through that read, Jess. Um, just like the Red Sox have been struggling to get through this season. That was kind of fitting. There, it's it's been really bad, and this rain is kind of a signifier. This is what they deserve when they come home from their road trip. They get to come home to a miserable-looking Boston because this is God crying. This is this is or whatever whatever you believe in, higher power crying over the Red Sox and what they're doing right now because they should not be in last place. They are. What's their record now? They are twenty-two and twenty-nine. Twenty-two and twenty-nine. Last place in the AL East, and that's a crap AL East. You're last place, in. if it wasn't for you being in the AL East, you would be like 15 or 16 games back in first place. But luckily, you're only four.
1: So yes, yeah, we thought they were bad last week when they were 21 and 23. <laughs> I, I would take that now.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'd go back to that. Let's like rewind, and do next, do this week over. I, I had a pretty good week. Would you redo the week over, Jess? I, I had a decent week despite the Red Sox losing.
1: Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to at least replay them their their play this week. I'd, I'd be totally cool with that.
0: Yeah, they, they need to do that because it was bad. So we got a lot to talk about here. We got we're got we going to break it movie, all headlines, down. Headlines to get to. Jess is going to give you, his, of course, a wonderful recap. I might even ask him to throw in some uh, quick reaction grades to some certain players that we're going to talk about. Yes, letter grades. We're going back to grades, grammar school here. Um, I'd, also, Madison, I'd also
1: like to uh, go over some, some reached app responses as well. Cause that'll be fun.
0: We can do that as well. Jess, the king of reached app here for Red Sox beat, so he, he, I can have him do that for you too as well. Let's start with MLB headlines, though. Jess, Uh, first, Martin Maldonado rescued his team in the 17th inning with a walk-off home run to give the Brewers a 7-6 win. He said after the game, he was simply happy to end the game because he was exhausted himself, and because the rest of everybody else wasn't doing it, he decided to take it upon himself to do it for his team. Second, Juan Uribe was dealt from the Dodgers to the Braves in a six-player deal last week. Alberto Colaspo is the big get for the Braves in this deal. That was a big deal. The league decided to veto it in the first place, and they eventually worked around some details and eventually made it happen. Staying with the Dodgers, Ken Rosenthal has reported that Andrew Friedman is opening to trading about anyone this season to help his team, and that actually includes Yasiel Puig. Puig is nursing a strained left hamstring and he has, since he has, was got hurt originally in April. He has a back, potentially on a minor league stint this week. Um, trading Yasiel Puig is not off the table. Rosenthal. And finally, welcome back, Josh Hamilton. Josh Hamilton hit a pinch hit walk-off double to beat the your lovely Red Sox on Sunday Sunday afternoon tonight, four to three, bottom of the ninth. It's a terrible, terrible loss, and we'll get more into that after Jess breaks down the MLB headlines for us right now.
1: Well that that uh <laughs> Brewer's Dynamas game was insane. Had a little bit of the, the Red Sox Yankees nineteen innings. Game feel. I just kept kept looking at the box score and thinking, is this game ever going to end? Well, sure enough, it did. Martin Maldonado with his his home run, and I guess if you're exhausted, if you can still get the power to blast that homer, then you deserve to win.
0: He was tired. You could tell they all were. And like 17 games are not fun. I was board watching at my other job for a minor league baseball game in the area around here, and it was like 12 innings, and I was exhausted. Never mind the players. Um, <laughs> Just for twelve innings, I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't even want to deal with board watching a seventeen inning game. But I don't. Never mind the players dealing with a seventeen inning game. Just not fun. Hard
1: innings. enough to watch seventeen innings period at once rather than <laughs> even just yeah. That's that's
0: it. two. That's pretty much two full games. Yes, that's a lot of baseball in one night.
1: Games are nine innings for a reason. Nine innings as long as it is. So 17 yeah, innings, nine innings
0: might be yeah. too long sometimes. Seventeen innings is long. long, long.
1: Uh the deal Juan Uribe and. Alberto Ciaspo. Uh It doesn't seem like that big of a deal to me. It's Uribe is pretty old at this point, and Caspo's pretty average player as it is. So I guess it was a big deal because there was six players involved, even though none of them were particularly high caliber. But I trade, the trade. Most of
0: them were. Most of them were um, minor leaguers, weren't they? Yeah. So for those two. Yeah. So I. I think it was just more. I think those two were just kind of of scenery. Um, Braves needed a shortstop. Kolasper probably needed to change the scenery as well. I'm not going to do too much for either team, but either way, it happened. And it, oh, the biggest thing, just for this was just the fact that it was vetoed the first place by the commissioner and then eventually uh, was allowed.
1: Right. Well, Uribe's 36 years old, but he did it a home run already for the Braves. So.
0: Look at him go. Look at him You're go.
1: Uribe. Um. Yeah, this is interesting news about the <laughs> the GM, Andrew Freeman, being open to trading anyone. I've, I guess... He really wants to win, but they got a pretty good team as it is. I mean, their record is is pretty solid at this point. They're twenty nine and twenty. Most most teams in the league would take that record at this point because there's a lot of average teams in the league. Yeah, but he's still willing to to, to, to uh, shop anyone. So that's interesting to me. I, I wouldn't have expected that. But
0: do you think Los Yasiel is going to get trade, trade, traded?
1: Um, they haven't
0: locked up till he's twenty nine, I
1: believe. Probably not, but. I think he's overrated in the first place, so... Dude. Yes.
0: <laughs> really? Really? That dude's good. Oh, yeah, he's
1: good, but... I don't know, I think he's too much of a headache to deal with how good he is. Which I think, okay, I well, think, is, I think is a negative on his play, and I think eventually he'll get worse, and people will just not want him anymore.
0: I think you'd be, be singing a different tune if you got him in Boston. I'm not saying you will, just saying. <laughs> if you had him in Boston, Maybe. I think you'd be singing a much different tune, just like the rest of the city would be. Maybe. That happens. We'll talk about it. <laughs> it won't happen, so we don't have to worry about talking about nope. it. So we'll talk about Josh Hamilton. That could do every week. Uh, it seems like he's literally in our update every
1: week. That's something new keeps happening, but he is back in the league with the Rangers, who treat him much better than the Angels. So too bad for the Angels; they lose his, his good hitting services, and good for the Rangers for taking care of him and helping him and reaping the benefits of his offense while he kills their Red Sox. So that was that was pretty sad, but good for him that he's back and. Hopefully
0: he keeps hitting well. Sadly still divorcing his wife. Hey, at least he has baseball now. <laughs> but <laughs> he's back to baseball. he's back to where he's comfortable. Um, sadly it didn't work out in LA. But I mean, I think he never really should have left Texas in the first place. I thought I thought it was kind of a dumb idea for him to leave Texas. They weren't paying him that much less to stay in Texas. Like the success that he was having in Texas, I understand that the appeal of playing with pools and playing in LA was a big thing, but he's a Texas boy and they weren't gonna give him any better treatment than Texas did for his relapse situations and all that stuff. So I think Texas was probably the only place he was going to go back to play if he was to continue playing. And I think baseball is helping him with his his personal life in terms of not relapsing again. So I think that you have to have the right support system in baseball, and that's what Texas has given him.
1: Yeah, I don't think he would have gone to the Angels if he realized how how poorly it was going to go.
0: Yeah, I think they told him what he wanted to hear. When he signed there, when he probably said, hey, what's your support system like? I, I, this is what Texas was doing. All this stuff. And they were like, yeah, we'll do that for you. Like, we're here, we're here for you. And they didn't take it seriously. And he, he got screwed by it. And that, I think I blame the Angels just as much as I blame Hamilton for relapsing. So, so, uh, so that's that. And I think, I think he's going to be good back in Texas. And I think even post playing career, I think they're going to continue to help him move forward in his personal life as well. Have to think so anyway. But alright. Those are your MLB Headlines. They're, of course, brought to you by lynda.com. They're, lynda.com giving you a t- free 10-day trial through CLNS. Just go to lynda.com backslash clns for over 4,500 different courses taught by experts on anything you can think of between web development, uh, audio and video design, just anything you can think of is on there. So taught by expert. So, so go on there and check it out. Get your free 10-day trial. Again, MLB Headlines brought to you by lynda.com. All right, Jess. I hate to make you do it, but it was an ugly week, so I'm going to let you do the weekly recap, despite people probably already knowing what happened, I'm going to let you break it down, we're going to explain how bad of a week it really was, we got some numbers for the month of May as well, we're going to give you like a May overlook of how bad this team was, so I'm going to let Jess do his thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got to take the good with the bad, if you have good weeks, you recap those, if you have bad weeks, you got to recap those as well. This was
0: a really, ba- really oh, bad, really bad week. Oh my
1: god, just looking at, looking like, at all the like, L's on the bo- on the uh, schedule here, it's pretty, pretty bad.
0: Like, I want to throw my computer out the window bad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, let's talk about it. So, Monday through Sunday, 1-6 record. We started with the Twins, and I picked them to sweep the Twins, and that (laughs) sweep did happen, (laughs) but not the right sweep at all. Other way around. Yeah. So we started on Monday, on Memorial Day, and Joe Kelly could not have been much worse in that game. It was a 7-2 to Twins win, and they got all seven of their runs in the first two innings. All off Joe Kelly. He didn't even last two innings. He pitched 1.2 innings, gave up eight hits, seven runs. The big one was a Trevor Pluth three-run homer to cap off that horrendous second inning. Matt Barnes came in and pitched a fantastic game. Three and a third innings, didn't give up a run, five strikeouts. He gave up five hits, but didn't give up any runs, and that's, that's what you're looking for. So the bullpen really actually did fantastic, considering they gave up no runs. The whole rest of the game, but when you give up seven runs in two innings, going to be a little hard to come back. And it was the Sox scored two in the third, and that was it. Didn't score the rest of the game. Ricky Nolasco shut him down for the most part over seven and two thirds innings. Seven hits, two runs, five Ks. That's all they needed. And game one was history. That's about all I have to say with that. I mean, it was over. It was over within the first two innings.
0: <laughs> yep, <laughs>
1: that was that's all it was. So very bad. Bad start to the trip. Just a bad start period to everything, considering how well they played in the final two games against the Angels, which got us excited, which made us pick them having a better week this week. And they started off with basically losing a game in two innings, which is the worst way to start off a trip and the worst way to ruin the momentum you had that you just got. I'm going to
0: basically say, Jess, that we considered that to maybe be a turnaround point, and we discovered that those two games they won against the Angels were the anomaly, that they just they weren't going to get any, they weren't getting momentum they suck and they're going to keep sucking and i don't think this is getting better anytime soon
1: well that was the problem with that game it's like that was literally the worst thing that could have happened in that game the timing of it just like going on the road after wins and just blowing it immediately like literally the worst thing that could have happened in that game yeah so it started them off 0-1 brought them into tuesday which was a much better game in terms of not giving up 7 runs in the first two innings Unfortunately, Clay Buckholz pitched and gave up two runs in the first, which wasn't a good sign. But he didn't give up any the whole rest of the game, which was a great sign. Unfortunately, that offense that we keep talking about was again non-existent, only scoring one run. All the runs were scored in this game in the first two innings: two for the Twins in the first, one for the Red Sox in the second, and that was it. Nothing else for the whole rest of the game. Uh, the runs were scored in a. No, again, Trevor Pluth, RBI double. Kurt Suzuki, RBI double. And Mike Napoli drove in Ortiz in the second. That was it. Uh, Buckholz pitched seven in the third. Only gave up the two runs, seven hits. Another pretty solid outing for him. He's had a number of successful outings in a row. But in his last three outings, he's only gotten one run of support in each one of those. You're not going to win many games <laughs> doing that. I mean, really, if you look at, at Buckholz at this point, you got a two and six record for him. But his ERA is down to 433, which we yeah. he started with, it's actually pretty good.
0: It's yeah, no, it's it's not as bad as you'd think it would be.
1: Not nearly as bad. He's actually stepped up and actually pitched well. I mean, his last three games, seven and a third, two runs, seven and a third, two runs, eight innings, one run. That's three darn good starts. He lost every single one of them, two to one, three to one, and two to one. That's just,
0: that's no, so bad. No run support. Yeah, you can't blame tail This is the tale of last summer, all over again. It is, just.
1: Zero offense doesn't matter how good your pitching is, and it's disappointing because Buckles could easily have a five and four or five and three record, and then people probably yeah. wouldn't be talking. I mean, that's the thing: people aren't aren't really talking about how bad he is because I think most people realize he has pitched pretty well.
0: Yeah, it's everyone else that's sucking.
1: Yeah, so no runs and for the not- Sox, just the one off Mike Pelfrey. He pitched he pitched seven innings of his own and only gave up one run, and that was it. Can't score, you can't win. Another loss.
0: This is going to be a trend, isn't it, Jeff?
1: <sighs> well, you don't score, you don't win?
0: <laughs> Just them not scoring runs at all.
1: Which makes no sense, because they're...
0: Because think about it, too. Offense. The runs they did score early in the season were all unearned, and we knew that they were going to catch up to them. But we all thought that they were going to hit. Right.
1: All we talked about for the month before the season started on this show was, oh, my God, the offense is going to be so good, the offense is going to be so good, which we're really going to dig into later in the show with specific players. Oh, don't worry.
0: We'll, we'll, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll have your chance to listen to us gripe on the offense. Don't worry. Yeah. What we're
1: doing right now is like a, a preview. <laughs>
0: of, of, yeah. We're being nice right now. We're just yeah. kind of swinging through the games here.
1: So that brought us to Wednesday. Looking to Sal is just one pitiful game in the series that I hope they would sweep. But the Twins are for real. I mean, the Twins are the best team in the American League right now, record-wise. So don't, don't sleep on them. Getting swept by Wait, the Wait, are they
0: above yeah. Houston?
1: Yep, they're a game ahead of Houston.
0: Hmm. It's crazy they're leading the AL Central.
1: Yeah, with that division. they're thirty and nineteen at this point after this full week. So I thought they were
0: gonna be the worst team in the AL this year.
1: Most people did. Paul Molitor is rookie head coach. He's he's figured out a way to get some wins and I think having Tory Hunter back with I say the team. don't
0: underestimate the idea don't underestimate Tori Hunter being there at all. Yeah,
1: that's a big deal. So yeah, so I mean I would say that getting swept by them isn't terrible because they're a good team, but you shouldn't get swept by anybody if you're a half decent team. So Yep, that brought us to Wednesday, and frustrating game, because the Red Sox got up 2 to nothing in the uh, third inning. Justin Pedroia hit a two-run homer. This was the Pedroia game, as I'll get to in a second. But unfortunately, which is what Rick Porcello has done the last two games, was give up the lead immediately after he gets the lead. Happened in the 12-5 loss to the Angels. Happened in this game as well. Minnesota scored three runs right away in the bottom of the third inning, right after the the home run on the top of the third. Torrey Hunter had a uh, two RBI single. Joe, Mar- Joe Maurer had an RBI single. That was 3 to 2. And then after the Red Sox went quietly in the fourth inning, Minnesota got two more in the fourth. Bottom half of the fourth, Aaron Hicks hit his first home run of the year, a two run homer. Inexcusable to go home run to a guy who hasn't even hit one yet. And it was bad timing because it put the Red Sox down 5 to 2 all of a sudden when it was just 2 nothing just two innings before. And Pedroia was back at it right away in the the fifth inning, just trying to do anything he can to get the team a win. Hits another two-run homer in the fifth to get it to 5-4. But everyone else in the lineup was non-existent besides Pedroia, and Minnesota scored one more time on another home run off Porcello. He gave up six runs on seven hits in seven innings. Not exactly what you want from your supposed number two guy.
0: You know what bugs me about Rick Porcello? How inconsistent he is? <laughs> Not, it kind of ties. It actually kind of ties into that. Not exactly that, though. Okay. Just he is the king of giving up momentum. Mm. He he. I feel like he's done this multiple times this year. It's the your your, your team gives you two runs on awesome majority a home run or something else in that situation. Next half inning, he comes back and gives him three.
1: Well, he gives it too many home runs. Period. Which is exactly what you're saying. Like it's it's. I feel like it's always home runs. It's the momentum. You get the runs and a home run. It's like home runs deflate pitchers so much.
0: He just can't... Like, if he could just come out and he... And especially in that game specifically, he pitched really well the first two innings. Like, really well. I was like, oh, it's going to be another good Rick Porcello start here. Okay. And then Pajor hit the two-run bomb. And I'm like, okay, this is getting better. And then the next half inning, as soon as he had a cushion, it's like his balls didn't drop for that game. And he decided to never... He had a comfortable lead. And he decided to screw it and not pitch well. And then he gave up three runs or whatever it was. And then... There you go. The momentum's gone. that you If you just pitch that inning... Well, even giving up a hit, and as long as you don't give up a run, it's like, okay, you got you got the game under a grasp now. You're okay, you got two, you pitch another inning with a lead, you're good, no, keep going. But they can, he can't do that for some reason.
1: Yeah, he retired the first seven guys in the game, and like he said, two walks, and those two of those three walks scored. He can't walk guys, and that's what he did in the Angels game last uh, the last week, and the horrible loss, he walked the first two batters of the inning. It's...
0: I'm intrigued to see if there's a stat. I guarantee you there's not. But um, unless we have, like, the Bureau stats, which we don't get because we're not, like, ESPN or, like, the official media members. But, like, if there's a stat that shows how, like, pitching the half-inning after your team scores. Mm -hmm. Because I'm sure he has, like, the worst DRA in that situation ever in the history of the game. if you
1: decide to look through every single one of his starts, you can figure it out, but... That would be the only way. Well, someone
0: should do it for me. Right. That would make life a lot easier. People for that. <laughs> the, my eyeball test tells me that that staff's going to be bad, so I'm not going to bother doing the math. Yeah,
1: no, it's probably true, and it's happened the last two games of these pitch, so.
0: It's rough. If anyone knows of anything, by any chance, that's listening, hit us up on Twitter, at Red Sox Beat. Feel free to tell me. I probably don't know. I prob- there probably is something out there, I just don't know. So hit- feel free to tell me on Red Sox Beat, at Red Soxbeat on Twitter.
1: Or at CLNF underscore Jess or at Scal Eighteen.
0: Underscore CLNF. Yeah. I wasn't getting greedy. I wasn't gonna promote myself, but okay, we I'll do it. It's
1: our show, we should.
0: Cool. All right, keep going.
1: So that was that game. Six to four loss and a sweep. So a seven to two loss, a two to one loss, and a six to four loss. Kind of all ball punchers because the first one was just so bad at the beginning. The second one was so close and couldn't win. The third one was close too. It's just. Oh, horrible ways to lose. Okay, but those
0: aren't even completely ball punchers except for last night, which we'll get to. But Yeah,
1: they're ball punchers in terms of what happened, but not...
0: Yeah, if those three are ball punchers, then I don't know what last night was. <laughs> An
1: extra ball puncher.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, double whammy. Twice
1: in a double row. Double ball puncher, yeah. So, after the sweep, Eduardo Rodriguez got called up to make his first major league start. And, boy, if every pitcher of the season could have been like him in that game, then we'd be the best team in the league.
0: Man, was he good.
1: Dominant. I was so excited watching him. He pitched seven and two-thirds innings and gave up
0: zero runs. <laughs> he shot him out. Three th- three, three hits. hits. That's it. Yep. Should he have... Okay. We know they won that game. Should they have brought him out for the eighth inning? Yeah, why not? He was at 96 pitches. This kid's on top of the world. His confidence is sky high. So he need to come off for the eighth inning. He doesn't have
1: to, but I mean, if you're not even at 100 pitches, it's not, like I don't
0: doesn't think that you know. set you up perfectly for the eighth for Tazawa, who's been lights out for you this season, and then Koji, who hadn't pitched that much in a while because the team sucked.
1: Well, Lane pitched an inning in this game actually, but it was Lane and then Uehara. So maybe. Well, I know, but
0: like in general theory, well, yeah, like, know, of course. But like, if you didn't bring, if because Lane came in to help him get out of the eighth.
1: Well, here's the reason they did it. I think if it was still two to one, I mean two to nothing, which it was, going to to the eighth inning, and they would have taken him out. But the Red Sox got three in the top of the eighth, and I think that yeah. was the reason they brought him back out since they had a five run lead. Okay, that's fair. But I think but I think deal. normally though, yeah, you would probably take him out.
0: Because like he was through seven innings, he was just whew. so good, phenomenal. Good thing he gave didn't give up a run though. Like that would have tarnished his start a little bit. Good thing he didn't give up a run. I'm glad he shut him out. Yep. nothing on the card there for Ed, Eddie Rodriguez. Eddie Rod. Erod. Erod. I'm never calling him Erod, never do that again. Yeah, no, Dave O'Brien kept doing it on the radio. And I was like,
1: "Sounds weird, Erod." No, we're
0: not. We're not saying Erod. Yeah. Cuz then he'll follow a life of steroids and scandals and
1: Yeah, we don't need another one of those Rodriguez
0: We don't need another one of those. We we already almost missed on one of those. We already m- missed on one of those. So we don't need to we don't need to replace him with this one. <laughs>
1: The big bopper in this game was Hanley Ramirez. He had a home run. His first home run in a month, finally.
0: It was so exciting.
1: Oh, finally. Thank you, Dustin Pedroia. Nice home run. He cranked it. Yeah. Tell tell everyone the story about that.
0: Everyone knows by now that Mike Napoli was fixed by Dustin Pedroia noticing a hitch in his swing on the trip back from Seattle. Well, apparently Hanley had the same... Not the same problem, but Hanley had the same fix. It was called Sit Down with Dustin Pedroia Day. And, um, Figure out your slang. Pedroia was showing him pictures of what he was doing wrong. Um, funny enough, it was showing him, obviously, right in the view of the Nesson cameras, um, clearly able to see that everyone was being fixed by Pedroia. But, um, yeah, he was showing him pictures, and Hanley was able to fix by Dustin Pedroia's know-with-all of the game. And, uh, yeah, Pedroia now claimed a 2-0 record with fixing hitters on his team.
1: But he claimed I'm not a hitting coach. Didn't want any credit for yeah. it. Yeah, no.
0: that's just, that's He, he tried to throw it to Chili Davis. Like, okay, well, let's fire Chili Davis then so you can take the credit. <laughs> You're doing everything that helps the team, not Chili Davis.
1: Yeah, Pedro the man. Uh, the big thing in, that, in this game, besides the pitching and Ramirez's home run, was Bogarts got hit in the wrist with a pitch and left the game. I guess it was technically the forearm, but it was kind of closer to the wrist. He came out, but he did not miss any time so I guess they're all as well with that. It looked really bad. That looked really painful.
0: It did look really
1: bad but it happens. His arm, like, sh- like shuddered. <laughs> so that was the win, the one win in the- of the road trip, 5-1. to one, Excellent win. You'd think it would give some momentum, but uh, it no. didn't.
0: What's momentum with this game? Yeah, team, it's
1: really? apparently not a thing. So that brought us to Friday, which was Josh Hamilton Day in Texas. He hit two home runs. Off of uh, Stephen Wright. But Wright pitched another decent game. He pitched five and two-thirds, five hits, three runs, one walk, four Ks. Pretty good, but not good enough
0: when you uh, don't score very much. Just Deer. Question.
1: Did you just call me Deer? I did. scope <laughs> go. Just go. <laughs> I'll go with
0: that Was that his first game back? Hamilton? Yeah.
1: Uh No.
0: Was this? I thought I could have sworn that this series was his first game it was back. his first I'm home thinking. series back. Oh, okay. He did play before that. Yes. Okay.
1: he played three games at Cleveland.
0: Okay, never mind then. Keep going.
1: It was his first home run, however. His first. Okay, his well first then.
0: Okay, then I can then I can rant. Are you kidding me, Boston? You let him be. You let that him be the hero against you. The guy who's, har- a
1: guy who's hardly played at all.
0: <laughs> make him make him look bad. Shut him down. I don't care if he has, he hasn't played and he had a drug relapse. Don't feel bad. I don't care if he doesn't hit a home run while he plays. You can do it against the next team.
1: Yeah, he was two for Come on two now. for three with two home runs and three runs in that
0: game. Killer. Come on, you don't do that. Boston. Uh, Even though I'm used to it by now. I know. Like I expect them to lose. I go and I honestly every game I do sit down, choose to sit down and watch. Completely, I expect them to lose. I don't hope for a win. I just I hope that they don't get blown out. That's sad. It's becoming to that extent already. They're, like, ruining my summer. They already ruined my summer. (laughs) And it's not even summer. No, it's not. It's it's June 1st. It's not summer.
1: So the story in this game was not Stephen Wright. It was the bullpen. Agonda gave up two runs. Breslau gave up two runs. They stunk it up. And the Red Sox, did get four runs. Bogart hit a sack fly. Swihart hit an RBI single. And Hanley Ramirez hit another home run. Back-to-back games with home runs. This was a two-run, which brought... Boston within 5-4, to four, but right in the bottom of the eighth, right after they got on at the top of the eighth, Robinson Torino set a two-RBI double, made it 7-4. to four. So right as you get that close, they pull it away from you, like every team's been doing. So I'd say the one highlight from this game was Blake Swihart, because he got an RBI single, and he actually has been hitting much better. I wanted to note that, because it was one of the bright spots, along with Eduardo Rodriguez on this trip. Um... Swihart actually has a seven-game seven, seven hitting streak right now, believe it or not. I know, it's crazy. Uh, six of those seven are one-hit games, and one of them is two, but regardless, he's been scoring runs, and he's been getting hits, and he's been getting some RBI, so his average is up to 225, and it was as low as 170, so, or 163, actually. So Swihart is figuring out how to hit in the majors, as well as pe- catching great, so... Very good bright spot there and a good sign for all Red Sox fans because this guy is definitely the future catcher and he's starting to show it, which is great. Um, And John Farrell and Mike Napoli got ejected from this game for arguing. So frustration boils over. Maybe you get some momentum from that frustration? Nah. We had to Saturday, which was a horrendous game. You lost four out of five. You're looking to get a get back in the right track. You got Wade Miley, who's been pitching well. But he has one bad inning, and that kind of did it. A four-run fourth inning, made it 5 nothing Texas, and the Red Sox only got five hits in the game, period. So five hits is not going to keep five runs. Oof.
0: Three errors, that game, yeah. That was one of those games that like that was very hard to watch. Like That was turned off by the fourth inning.
1: Well, Farrell, even after the game, was talking about how bad of an effort it was. He wasn't even he wasn't even holding back and he usually does hold back with stuff like that. So
0: he holds back all the time, so that's when you
1: know that game was bad, bad, bad. Yeah. So yeah, just bad overall. Error three errors, only five hits, getting shut out by Chi Chi Gonzalez making his major league debut. The Red Sox always have trouble with guys making their debuts. And
0: He didn't even do anything though. Gigi didn't look too good. If I was he just, like Yeah, like the Red Sox just didn't hit him. They just didn't put the bat on the ball.
1: Didn't put the bat on the ball, didn't put the glove on the ball, and pitch like crap. And that's a good way to lose 8 <laughs> nothing.
0: That's like the prime recipe to get blown out. Yep. Pitch like crap, hit like
1: crap, That's a,
0: play the defense like
1: crap. That's how you give up eight runs, score none, get three errors. That's how you do it.
0: Yep, pretty much. That's
1: all I should say about that. So 8 nothing loss, and that gave them their fifth game out of six loss on the trip. So you're just holding out hope they can get this 2-5 and five road trip, get that one win, and it Looked like it was going to happen Sunday, yesterday, if you're listening today, Monday. Red Sox got two runs in the first two innings. Joe Kelly was on the ropes. Could be his last start. He didn't pitch great, but he pitched well enough to keep the game tied at two. He got a lot of jams. Probably secured himself another start.
0: I was going to ask you that. Do you think that start secured him another one? I
1: think it does, just because if he gave up another, like, seven or eight runs, forget it. But if you just look at his game... The fact that he only gave up two runs and only one earned, I think you gotta keep him in for now. Yeah,
0: I agree. Six man rotation.
1: Unfortunately, he threw a hundred pitches in five innings, which is not good, but, I mean, pressure, he's on the ropes, he probably knew it was, could have been his last start, so knowing all that, knowing that he got out of jams and gave up only a couple of runs, I think an encouraging sign, at least for him. And it looked like it was all good, Red Sox were up three to two, should have been more runs since they had eleven hits, And Josh Hamilton decided to kill them in the end with a two-RBI double off Koji Uehara. Three errors for the Red Sox. So overall, pretty crappy, considering they gave up the walk-off, had three more errors, and could only manage to get three runs out of 11 hits. So kind of discouraging overall, but everyone would have forgot about all the bad things that happened in the game if they just could have gotten the win. And another heartbreaker, the biggest heartbreaker, because it was actually close, unlike the majority of the games in the series, that one hurt, and blowing it a game when you're one out away from winning it is just.
0: Don't forget, the worst. too, that Hanley had first and third in the ni- top of the ninth, right? Yep. Yesterday? Yep. And had a chance to drive another, another run or two and just. Popped. Fan? Yep. Just couldn't do it. Whiffed on a great chance, and just, that was the story of this road trip, man. It was bad.
1: Yeah, they couldn't. They can capitalize, that's what I said, 11 hits and he only scored three runs. you got to get more than that.
0: If you have the yeah, opportunity, no. you
1: have the chance, you've got to take advantage of that.
0: And, like, I would have been even okay with the rest of that game if he had got a hit there. You know, I would have looked past the other ones right. in that stat of only, like, three runs and 11 hits if he just got a hit there.
1: I know. Like, he got an RBI he single just, in the first. That's great. We need RBI singles in the
0: eighth and, eighth and ninth innings, you know? Yeah. You need to come up big in the end of the game too, and that was not what happened. So it was kind of rough, but there it is. That's just his lovely recap for. Oh, Gosh, you, you have extra stats too, right? Just oh.
1: yeah. So that that finished out May, thankfully, after a after a uh, twelve and ten April, which was average, but we would take that any time now. The team went ten and nineteen in May, with a two thirty seven average, eighty RBI, which is for comparison purposes. 26 less than they had in April in, what, six more games, seven more games? But that was 29, and that was, yeah, seven more games, 26 less RBI. That's bad. 82 runs in May compared to 113 in April, also horrendous. Uh, For the season, 221 average with runners in scoring position, 224 average with runners in scoring position and two outs. And their overall run differential is minus 48. They scored 195 runs and given up 243. Uh, they won't do only AL teams. They score more runs than are the Tampa Bay Rays by 3, the Chicago White Sox by 16, and the Seattle Mariners by 9. But all those teams, Tampa Bay is, has a plus 13 run differential. Chicago is minus 42, which still isn't as bad as the Red Sox, and they have a a better record and Seattle's only given up 204 runs as opposed to the 243 with the Red Sox so despite the fact they score more runs than those teams they've given up more than any of them and that gives them the worst run differential in the American League which is a way to have a bad record which they do. You know
0: what scares me too? Well I'm really scared. Well the run differential scares me but that's the stat that they care about the most over there at Fenway. We all know that. They love the run differential stat and they're the worst in the American League.
1: Minus 48
0: is terrible. You should not be minus 48 <laughs> in overall run differential and be only four games back. You're lucky you're playing a grabby division. But the four, that if they really care much about that stat as they always claim they have, they're going to be doing something very soon. Very soon.
1: Even Toronto is only a half game ahead of us. They have a plus 25 run differential, and they have 73 more <laughs> runs than the Red Sox. Like, come on. You yeah, Something no, here.
0: It's bad. All right, there's your recap, Jess. Beautiful job, as always. Thank you. Way to recap a crap week. Probably the best you could have done for recapping <laughs> a very crappy week. All right, again, that's Jess's recap. Week one and six on the week the Red Sox were. Thank God we got a new week, and thank God for the rain, the rain out, because they need a day off, and yeah, they, they, they got one. Definitely. So hopefully they can come back a little stronger. Of course, you're listening to Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Radio. Jess Thomas, Jared Scalley. Find us on iTunes. It'd be great if you go on there, review us, rate us, subscribe to us, too. Automatic downloads. It's a great feature. You can just go on there. Don't worry about finding us. Just subscribe to it and listen to it whenever you want. It's a great thing. Um, obviously, on Stitcher as well. Obviously, on the CLNS Radio website as well, too. Um, so, go out and check us out there. Also, on Twitter and Facebook. Okay. Let's, um, let's get in more depth here, Jess, about this lovely crap of a team that we got going on here.
1: Can okay, I just sum up to the fact that I picked them to go 6-1 this week, too? What a mistake. Oof.
0: Yeah, right. You went about complete 180 on what they were going to do. Literally, a complete I got the numbers right, but yeah, they were flipped the right, and <laughs> didn't put it in the right order. Yeah, um, it's bad. It was bad. It was very bad to watch. It was hard to watch. Um, Eddie Rodriguez, I'd have to say, is probably the MVP of this week. Just yes. have to agree with me. I think he's the only one, only person you really can give it to.
1: Yeah, other than Blake Swihart, but Swihart. That, I mean, we only got one win, so and that one was because of Rodriguez. So that yeah. that alone pretty much gives it to him.
0: He got it because he didn't suck like everybody else. Uh, but again, he went seven and two-thirds, three hits, zero earned runs, zero runs period. Uh, seven strikeouts on 105 pitches. That was his major league debut, folks. So uh, can't get much better than that for the first game of the big leagues.
1: We'll look forward to his home debut, which is going to be Wednesday at 135.
0: So no one's going to be there to see it. Yep. No pressure. Um, <laughs> no pressure at all. He'll probably pitch good again. Probably. Um, all right. Let's talk about this, Jess, because this is kind of relating to the not scoring runs and uh, we can get to a couple other guys in a second here, but I want to talk about David Ortiz. He's got a two twenty four batting average, six homers this season. It's father, is father time catching him. Is, is this it? Like, is this the last season? Like, because he's, we 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 all seen in the past that we've been flirting with the idea. Of, is oh, is this his last season? Oh, his father time finally caught up with him, and then he kind of plays well and cruises out of it and has a great season. He didn't start 2013 that well either, and then he became who he was again, and. Obviously played for the marathon and everything, and that happened. And he played well. And last year he played okay after a rough start. And is this another rough start, or we're at June first now, Jess, Is this it? Like, is this is this father time finally catching him? He's thirty nine years old.
1: Yeah, he is old, but I'm gonna say no for now. I think what's gonna happen with him is that he's gonna slowly, more slowly fade out, not as dramatically as what's happening right now. Like, I don't think this is the fade out. I think he's gonna pick it back up. He's gonna raise his average, and he'll be he'll be more average for the rest of. However long he plays instead of going from like a really good player to like hitting one fifty i don't think that's going to happen, which is what people think is happening right now. I think he's going to snap out of it. I think he's going to figure it out i don 't think he's completely done. I think this is the start of the downhill turn, but I think it's going to be i think it's going to be a slower path rather than fast like it, like it is now
0: because last year he even hit i think we brought it up last week I think I brought it up last i don't even know but he he's hit he hit like two sixty something last year it wasn't phenomenal numbers last year he just had come up with big hits at the right time. This year, it's not great.
1: No, he's not getting any big yeah. hits, and he's getting out the majority of the time.
0: And his average has dropped since last year. So it's just, for me, I think, I think it's catching up. I think that this, I don't know. See, I don't want to say it's the last year you're going to see him in a Red Sox uniform, because if he's, that, that'll be when he retires, because I don't think he's going to play for anyone else. Because realistically, who else is going to want him? If he's declining and the Red Sox don't want to keep him, then I don't think anyone else is going to want him, you know? I feel like, and you're not going to be able to trade him. God no! Because what are you going to get for him now? Who's going to take him? Well, yeah, not at this point. because you can't trade him to the NL. <laughs> nope. Just because he's a DH, you are not going to trade him within the division because it's still close. You are not going to trade him to a team like Houston because Houston won't take him. And he's not going to want to go
1: anywhere else. Period. And he's not going
0: to want to go anywhere. So I am assuming does he have no trade clause? Do they do that? I have no idea. I, I don't even do, I don't even know if they do that in baseball, to be completely honest. <laughs> no, they do. That's a lie. Of course they do, but I don't think he has one. But then again, who's gonna who's gonna take him? What contender is gonna take him, and what contender needs him? You know, like you might get two or three teams who kind of will have interest, and you might have one team who would actually want the guy. But because of, that because means, of
1: his current numbers right now, they're not gonna be sure if it's worth it. Yeah. They're not gonna
0: well, not even worth it. You're not gonna get anything for him. And the team that one team who wants him actually wants him is gonna be able to drive the market wherever they want it because you're gonna be des you're gonna seem desperate enough to want to get rid of him. Right. So they're going to go, okay, well, this is what we're going to give you. That's it, no matter what. if you Take it or leave it. And then the Red Sox will go, oh, well, maybe we can do this instead, work this out, and the guy, nope, this is what we want, this is it. Okay, and then you don't end up giving rid of Dave Ortiz, or you get rid of him for nothing.
1: Yeah, no, I think they're just going to keep him. It's, I, I don't think his numbers right now are going to stay like this. I think he'll figure it out. I think he'll realize that this team really needs a lot from him and more than they're getting right now, and... I think he'll figure it out. I mean, he's still feared. He's still getting intentionally walked late in games. Teams are still afraid of him. He's still that presence, and obviously he's still good for the clubhouse. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's quite the end of him yet.
0: Okay, let me ask you this then, Jess. And you know it's coming because I wrote it down this week. Uh, I actually wrote a surprise question down. I didn't actually not surprise you this week. So he sat a couple games. And they claim, John Farrell said he was going to try to figure it out. David Ortiz came out and said he had the flu. I don't know what that was about, because we all knew that he was sitting down to figure out a swing. I don't know why he said that. I didn't even see that. But, yeah, was, I, don't, I was shocked by him saying that. But, he only, he only sat for two games. Should it have been more? And do you think that him only sitting two games was, do the, okay, maybe with that second question this way, do you think that the Red Sox wanted to sit him more games, but he said something? and said, I want to play. Get me back on the line. I
1: wouldn't be surprised if he said something. I, I feel like the plan originally was maybe going to be, like, three or four games. kind of. I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's light. even longer. But he came back after two, and he hit three for eight in the last two games, so maybe he was ready to come back.
0: Three, yeah, three so, yeah, it's crazy. And, I mean, I don't know what it is. He claims that it's, like, kind of fixed. But, like, I still think they should have sat him for more games, because I still think that... He could use the more time off, and who, no one at the time when he said um, when he said at the time that he was ready to go or whatever, no one knew that. Like no one knew these numbers. He was going to hit three for eight right. when they said he's back in the lineup. They shouldn't have put him back in the lineup. They weren't going to know that he was ready. So I feel like they should have been. It should have been at least three or four games, if not maybe a week. Just keep him out of the lineup. They're winning without him in there because Han- that means Hanley didn't have to play left field. Um, that is nice, and that was the, that's always nice when that happens. So, I think they should have sat him longer. I mean, granted, I'll take the three for eight, but I think this is what you're going to get with him all year. I don't think it's getting much better, folks. I don't think it's coming. I think this is what you're going to get all year. Well, agree to disagree. <laughs> I don't know if it's comp- like. See, I just, I just don't see him, him, him playing. I don't see him playing on another team, and we've been through this with him so many times that it's hard to predict it really. But. I just think that th- this is it. Like, he's usually picked it up by now. And even, I've heard arguments like, oh, well, maybe he just plays better in the warm weather. And once, I'm like, it's June. It's been warm. It's been warm, yeah. And even on the road trips, he's been playing, in t- he just played in Texas. He just, he's been playing on the West Coast. There's no excuse for the cold weather anymore. It's not April.
1: Now, what I have to say is if he's gonna, if he is gonna continue playing, then the team needs him. So he'll need to figure it out if he is gonna keep playing.
0: Yeah, the team definitely needs him. I'm not questioning that at all. The team needs him to be him. Or a, even like a shell of what he what he once was because him he's not going to be put in sixth or seventh in the lineup. He's going to be hitting third if he's playing, maybe fifth. But like realistically, he's hitting third. So they need him to hit tremendously. Need him to hit. All right, we can we can talk. Stop talking about David Ortiz because that's really going to go nowhere. Because again, you never really know what you're going to get.
1: And but, no one wants him to leave or get worse. So it's kind of a it's kind of a sore subject.
0: <laughs> exactly. But one thing that Happened last offseason that hasn't really panned out this offseason. Okay. Half, for me, half. But they signed Pablo Sandoval and Hanley Ramirez. Has it been worth it, Jess? Because we're seeing Hanley hit the ball. At least well, he was. Obviously, he didn't have a great May. We talked about that. But hitting the ball a little better at the end of May. Obviously phenomenal April. Um, was his bat worth him in left field? And has Panda panned out too? Like, what's going on with these two? Because they're, they're supposed to help this offense, and they've done nothing. I mean, Panda's done a little better, but they haven't done much with this, these two in the lineup.
1: Yeah, I was looking forward to talking about this because actually this was my question this week on uh, Unreached. I said, we're, we're handling Ramirez and Pablo Sandoval bad signings. So I got five responses so far. Three have said no, and two have said yes. So there is some... some uh, some differences in that question, not not the same answer from everyone, which I was hoping to get. And I asked it because at this point, you know, things could always change. That's obviously the case. But at this point, I don't think the science have been worth it for either of them. I'll start with I'll start with Hanley. Obviously his feelings not worth it. He's I expect him to be much better in left field. I expect him to give more effort in left field, and if he really doesn't feel like he can give the effort because he's going to get hurt, then he shouldn't be out there in the first place. So his awful feeling and his lack of caring and his lack of clutch hitting, yes, he has 12 home runs, and that's been exciting, but most of them were all like at once in April, and... They didn't, They weren't necessarily big hits that like were clutch and won the game. They were just kind of whenever. We just talked about he hit a first inning RBI, but he got out in a huge spot in the eighth inning. He does that too much. His average has been dropping consistently. I don't know if it's because if it's he's hurt or because he's, or just because he's not as good anymore, but regardless, either way, the Red Sox got him to be healthy and to be good. And neither one has really happened as much as they wanted it to. So I think he's been a disappointment. I know I expected, I didn't expect this many home runs from him, but I expected him to be more clutch and to hit better than 261 and to not be so inconsistent and to be much better in the field. I did not know it was going to be such a disaster. And the worst okay, the I, worst part with him is his attitude. I, don't, I, don't, I think his attitude is bad for the team, and I think you can pin the struggles in this team definitely at least partly on him because you want guys with good attitudes, and I don't think he has a good one.
0: With Hanley Ramirez? who would have thought left field was this difficult to play? Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, g- I guess left field needs to be a little more practiced, I guess, well thought out, because, and know, I've, I've been hearing things too, Jess, and, like, on local sports talk shows, and I've read some articles about it. Apparently, in spring training, he didn't try too hard to learn the position. And, like, he came in here thinking he's going to be the next DH, especially once Ortiz is done. So, like, he, the efforts probably out there have been there 100% from him. But still, I, I still don't think left should be that hard. And you think you can figure and, it out in two months? And like, even if that's the case, which, I, I'm about, the, what I'm about to propose is not my original thought, but why don't we why don't you let him play first base and take Napoli out of the line? Napoli hasn't sat. That's been, it
1: would be an easier thing to do since Napoli has done way more okay. than people expected. If, if you
0: can't play first base,
1: then you can't play first You're a boob. Yeah. <laughs> you're a boob.
0: You need to retire. Because if you're you not literally, it's come off the bag, feel the ground ball, tag the bag. Or when it's not hit to you, walk to the bag, put one foot on the bag, catch the ball. That's it. Barely has to move. And you know he can feel the ground ball. He played shortstop his entire life.
1: That's hard to believe, isn't it?
0: So, like, <laughs> yeah, right? I don't even know how he did that. I have no idea. But he, he's a shortstop. So, like, he can play first base. I don't, and he's going to get a bigger mitt to catch the ball with. Like, I don't – like – think that should be a difficult situation and clearly Napoli's done after this year. Train him to play first base.
1: Yeah, it's probably the best idea, but it's I don't know, it's just the attitude. Like he doesn't seem to care about playing left field. He when he came here, he was like, this is the best thing ever, like I really wanted to come here, I really wanted to be on this back on this team. I'm out here to prove stuff. And like but is he really has he really shown that? I mean yes he's gotten some good hits. I mean he, for example he's gotten two hits in each of the three of the last four games. As a result, in wins, no. So he's not making. He's he's putting up numbers sometimes, but very inconsistently. And when he does, it doesn't necessarily mean they win. And he's just like a clubhouse guy. I don't I don't see him doing anything in the clubhouse. He just doesn't seem to be making the difference that he wanted to make and they wanted to make. I think it's been a pretty big disappointment so far.
0: Yeah, Henley has been been a very big disappointment.
1: So now I want to cover Paulo Sandoval. I know we disagree on this a little bit. We were both really excited for him, and, you know, he'd won three out of five World Series, and he was the next new big thing, and for me, between his horrendous right-handed hitting and just kind of, like Ramirez, his lack of, like, I don't know, leadership and just, like, making a difference, like, getting wins, it's not really happening, and his his numbers have just been dropping consistently, just like Hanley. Paulo's down to 251. He's only hit five homers, 17 RBI. He's not that making that much of a difference. It's he's not doing what people expected? I expect him to be way better than this. And just the inconsistency with the hitting from both sides of the plate, and just I guess taking a long time to get used to his, his, his uh, situation here in Boston. It's just he's been a big disappointment for me. I expected
0: way more out of him. Okay, let's see. Last couple years, he hit. 283 in 2012, All-Star Selection that year. 2013, he hit 341. 2014, he hit 324. This year, he's hitting 317. Is what I, oh, that's his OBP. I lied. Comple- I always do that. Completely wrong. Not even close to the right one. I had it in front of me. Okay. 2012, 283. 2013, 278. 2014, 279. This year, 251. Never been, except for that year in 2012. He had one year. He's only had one year in his career. He hit over 300. That was 2011, and he was an all-star. 11 and 12.
1: No, in, two, then, in 2009 he hit 330.
0: Oh, yes, he did. And then I don't count really count 2008 because yeah. there's only 41 games. So, um, he's not that guy. He's not going to be. The guy, granted, I'll give it to you. It's been a rough situation for so far in terms of hitting for as high as average as he's used to hitting. But he always starts off kind of slow, for one. For two, the right-handed hitting is definitely a problem. That's that's no question. But clearly he's getting away from it. He's not going to fix it. He's just going to stop hitting right, which is fine with me. He's addressed it, and he's going to be done with it. He's used to being on bad teams every other year. This is his off year. I hate to use this as an argument, but (laughs) I don't think that he's the problem. He's playing well. Yeah, his defense has been a little sluggish, a little bit. But who would you rather have him or Will Middlebrooks? I don't know at this point with how he's played. Neither.
1: (laughs) He's not. Okay, but would you rather? What
0: what would you rather have? Option have been Chase Headley.
1: I don't know. I just want. I expected him to be the big thing, and he was hyped up to be the big thing. They paid him a lot of money, and I think it's been a huge flop.
0: Okay, well well, first of all, we all know we overpay for him. There's no question in that. You weren't paying for what you were actually gonna get. You had to overpay him to get him here. And I think that over the course of the rest of this contract, it's gonna work out, it's gonna be fine. The next time they win a World Series, he's gonna be on the team.
1: Is that just because you like him though, or because he's actually gonna be good?
0: (laughs) No, I'm pretty confident that next time he's on, next time he wins a World Series, it'll be with this team. He's gonna be your third baseman when you win a World Series. Now I don't know if Hanley will be on the team still. And if that's the case, he'll probably be the DH. But I also don't think that you're going to win another World Series with David Ortiz on the team,
1: mm-hmm.
0: because I just think you're too far away from winning another World Series, and he's not getting any younger. But I think, in terms of asking the question that I posed, was are these two have been worth it? And what we what we pose on reach to people, I think it's a matter of Hanley's absolutely not worth it so far, unless you can get him out of the field or move him to first base so he can be a complete boob on first and not in left field. And Han- Pablo has been worth it so far, I think. I don't think Pablo's been the problem. I think he's come up with big hits. I just think that you have bigger issues with Hanley in left field and David Ortiz's swing, and Pablo Sandoval has been fine. He hasn't really been too bad. Obviously, the right-hitting issue, the side of the plate has only been the major problem for him, and he's been avoiding that. So I think you're being too nice to him. I think he's done pretty bad. <laughs> I-, I think that... Paddon gets a pass. Hanley does not because his feeling
1: suck. Well, like this team needs veteran leadership, and the reason they're not winning games is because Ortiz is not is not playing well. Sandoval's not playing well. and is not playing well. That's it. That's that's pretty much it right there. That's,
0: that's okay, but like Pedro is playing well. Sure. Do you discount that completely?
1: No, he's the one guy who has, and that's not enough. They need all these veteran guys
0: to do well, and they're not. They're just not. I think the big issue. Is, I think it's Hanley and Ortiz. I think I think it's really Hanley. I think this offense is built to go when Hanley goes. And Hanley's not going. Notice they were winning all the time when Hanley was hitting those 10, 12 home runs or whatever 10 home runs in April yep. and getting all those it was when Hanley was hitting. Totally. When Hanley goes this team will go and Hanley's not going. And he's getting there. And I hate the excuse that he used when Hanley said, "Oh yeah, I've been hitting hard balls right at people like, like shut up. <laughs> just just shut up. Stop making excuses." Stop making excuses, exactly. All right, we're, we're, we are went way over with that, so we're going to move on. But because um, I want to get to our fantasy segment, and then we'll get to uh, a quick recap, a quick preview before we get out of here. So fantasy segment here. We're going to get going here. Top two ads each week. I'll start this week, Jess. I'm going to get first. I'm going to go with uh, Billy Burns, um, Oakland. And I'm going to say because, and it's a good reason, He's hitting 327 right now. And Coco Crisp is out until the All Star break, at least. So he's going to get his time out there good playing for the A's. And I think that he's playing well. He's not available in a lot of. Le- I mean, he is available, excuse me, in a good chunk of leagues. And I think that you should go check him out. He's a good choice. And I think he's going to get more playing time so that 327 can stay consistent enough that it probably will at least take over 300 the batting average. So I definitely go out and get Billy Burns.
1: I'm on board with that. That's a good pick. He's. He's done well this season, and he's going to keep playing. So definitely go pick him up. Uh, my first, I'm going two pitchers this week. My first one is Carlos Martinez on the St. Louis Cardinals. He was a reliever last year, and now he's been starting games. He's 5-2 and two with a 313 ERA, and he has 64 strikeouts. So if he's available in your league, that's the guy you got to get because pretty low ERA, lots of Ks, and a nice winning record. Can't argue with that.
0: No, you can't complain. Can't complain at all. It's a very, very good choice. All right, my second pick here. All right, I, here. I know you all aren't going to agree with this, but <laughs> we talked about it earlier in the show. I agree with it. <laughs> Clay Buchholz is a value fantasy starter right now. Three thirty-one ERA with a one point one zero WHIP in May with seven point zero two K per nine rate. That's great. Fantasy numbers, I'm sorry, but like uh, most pitchers you have on your roster probably aren't under three for an ERA, and are probably are over four. So, get Clay Coles. We just talked about at the beginning of the show how much he has not been the issue with this rotation. He has pitched well. We haven't talked about crapping him. I haven't been crapping on Clay Coles. You haven't. That means he's pitching fine. <laughs> Go out and get Clay Coles, I promise you. He might not be on your roster long. It might be a gamble, in your opinion, because of the way he is in terms of up and down and up and down with his pitching. 331 in, one, in a month of May with 1.1 whip and 7.02 strikeouts every nine innings he pitches. It's worth it. Go get him. The strikeouts are there as well. Go get Clay Buckles, I promise you. He's not the worst pitcher on the staff. He's probably the best one right now in the month of May. So, Clay Buckles is the way to go. Go figure. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's, of all people, me telling you to go get Clay Buckles.
1: Yeah, that's pretty weird. I never thought this day would happen.
0: <laughs> I haven't crapped on him in a good, like, month, Jess.
1: I know. He's proven, he's proven people wrong. I like it.
0: Like, he has not sucked eggs in a good, like, month.
1: Nope. He's doing well. So. Let's see what he does tomorrow.
0: Hopefully, for his sake, he doesn't suck. Yeah.
1: My second guy is Chris Young on Kansas City. He's been around for a while. Big, tall dude. I think he's, like, 6'8 or 6'9 or something. And he's surprisingly quietly had a really good year. He's 4-1 with a 155 ERA. He's had a number of solid starts. Doing it kind of quietly, but they're a good team, and he's been a good pitcher in a good situation. So, I think if think he, he's available in your league, then. He's another guy who's just probably sitting there in a lot of leagues not being picked up because people haven't really heard of him, but he's having a real nice year.
0: Yeah, I really like the, uh, Chris Young sponsor. There, Jess. It's a good way, way, way to, uh, way to get on them. I like it. It's a good, good, good choice. So, Jess had Carlos Martinez, St. Louis, and Chris Young of the Kansas City Royals. Great choices. Phenomenal choices. Uh, I had Billy Burns only p- hitting Positional player this week here on Fantasy Baseball on Red Sox Beat. So go check him out. And of course, I offered up the doozy of a choice of Clay Buckles. So um, do what you want with that one. But I suggest you go get him. So those are your four top picks here on the Fantasy Baseball segment on Red Sox Beat. Again, this is a wonderful program. You can go check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. On Twitter at Red Sox, being on Facebook, we're on Google+, Plus, we're gonna be on Tumblr soon, we're everywhere, we're hitting up the entire inter- interweb, so uh, go check us out everywhere, anywhere. Alright Jess, we got just about out of time here for this week, but I don't want to forget about the old, uh, we're gonna preview this. We're gonna preview the, the week that is about to come. I'm gonna leave the last topic that I had for next week, because who knows, it might be even more reason. Um, just a tidbit of what it would be, it's talking about firing feral. So it's been talked about stay enough. Tuned.
1: We we can leave yeah.
0: it off. <laughs> um. Stay tuned for that next week because if they if, if they suck again this week, you're gonna hear it. Um, that
1: won't be me talking about it because I won't be here.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, Jess. I don't even know who I'm gonna be joined by yet. I haven't I haven't figured that out. So j- I will be here next week, but Jess won't. Enjoy hope. the but, show because um, you won't be hearing me for a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, that might be on next week. We'll decide. I'll figure it out. But I do for for a uh, programming note. I do want him to be fired. <laughs> for a personal note. All right. Go ahead, let's do, let's preview the week ahead, Jess. Um, four against the Twins, three against the A's. Now a doubleheader on Wednesday. Um, Jess has them going two and two. I have them going one and three against the Twins. They remind you they just got swept by the Twins. So, Jess, why two and two?
1: They got to start winning home games. Seven game home, <laughs> home stand. Like <laughs> they got to start winning it guy, all. Something's got to happen soon. I was crying for a huge week last week. I was. Horrendously wrong. They got to do something soon, and it starts with winning home games. I'm not going insane. I'm only picking two and two. Like I'm not picking them to go a four game sweep over a team they just got swept by, who currently stands at first in the American League. I'm not going that. But you got to win- at least split the series. So I really hope they can go two and two. They need a couple of good pitching outings, and more importantly, they need offense from guys they haven't been
0: getting it from. So please win two out of four. I don't yeah, think that's too much. <laughs> I'm gonna say they're gonna. They're only winning a game. They're only winning a game that's gonna be when Eddie Rodriguez pitches in front of like a half full Fenway Park on Wednesday afternoon. Um, They're not winning. The Twins are too hot. The Red Sox are crap. They're winning one game against the Twins at home, and I. As much as I hate to put all that pressure on Eddie, but Eddie, man, you got to give me another win. (laughs) He's
1: the only guy who wins in like two weeks.
0: Imagine the conversation if that's the case.
1: Right. A week and a, half, not a be week good and half of games, and he gets the only two wins. <laughs> That'd be not awesome. going to
0: be good for this team. Good for, good for his sake, but uh, not good for the rest of this team. Sorry, so, Jess has them going 2 and 2 in that first series, starting now tomorrow night and Tuesday because of the rain out. Uh, Jess ha- I have them going 1 and 3. Next series, you got a weekend uh, bout with the A's, three games here at home. Jess has them sweeping the A's. That's ballsy. That's the way they're playing. I have them winning a game and going 1 and 2 against the A's. Uh, Just why? Why all the all of a sudden turn? Why they? Why, why would they even think about sweeping the A's?
1: Well, if they win two out of two, like I mean two out of four, like I think they will against the Twins, then they'll be feeling a little better, like enough for this losing stuff. Beat a good team two out of four games, Awful decision. So then you come into face Oakland, you get some more home games, which you hope you want to win. The A's are the only team that are as bad as the Red Sox right now. As funny as that is. They're the only team, only team below the Red Sox, so I feel like this would be a good opportunity to continue the momentum of getting two wins against the Twins, sweep the A's, sweep them under the rug, get back on a winning track, go 5-2 and two at home.
0: And we'll weren't, be more they, business. weren't they supposed to have momentum coming out of those Angels games too, Jess?
1: Yeah, I'm just being hopeful here, right? <laughs> all right
0: well, I'm being realistic. They're all 1-2. and two minimum, I mean, no, not minimum, max. Like, they're going to get one win, maybe. But
1: the A's are terrible, least, and they're worse than the Red
0: Sox. I was pushing to the, getting swept by the A's. Oh, but I was gonna you
1: got to at least have them win two. They're worse than us.
0: A little more realistic. So they're going one and two against the A's. You're not oh. going to sway me on that one. Uh, So that has me going, they're going two and five on this. for Homestand, Jess has them going. Five and two. Five and two. Oof, baldy. <laughs> the guy who had them going six and one last week. Um, so i don't take my word
1: for it, I guess. <laughs> so I don't take Jess's
0: word for it at all. Um, I got players to watch. Minnesota, Torrey Hunter, by far, he's been the lightning in the bottle for them. He's been, oh, God, he's been so good for that team. Um, Against the A's, I don't even know. What are the pitching matchups against the A's, Jess? Do you have it in front of you?
1: I don't know.
0: Is Scott Casimir pitching?
1: I can find it for you. I
0: don't know. I was going to say look up for Scott Casimir if he's pitching, but I don't know if he's pitching
1: or not. I mean, I'm Um, not even sure if they've all been decided up to this point.
0: That's that's true. Sometimes they know. Check ESPN. They'll know. I'm just checking out Sox.com. Good old four-letter network.
1: Uh, they have up until Friday, which is Wade Miley against, who knows, to be announced. So we don't know yet.
0: Okay, so. Oh, I don't even know. Man, just look out. I'm still going to say look out for Scott Casimir because I'm assuming he's pitching. Look out for nobody because we're going 3-0 and they're not going to win any games. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, those are just, that's Jess's lookout for the A's. Jess, who do you got on the twins to look out for?
1: Um... Trevor Pluth because he destroyed us in the last series <laughs> watch out for the dangerous guy who's already hurt you you know
0: fair that's fair
1: but here's I want to say one thing since I'm not going to be on the show next week if I get this these two series remotely correct or correct please give me credit on the show
0: <laughs> I will do. I will gladly give, I'll give you credit when credit's due because
1: I gave myself like I'm giving you credit, credit for, right now
0: Where credit's due for a crappy pick all right. for a crappy look ahead fair enough they're not going five and two hey you know what Anything can happen. Anything can Oh my god! The Red Sox won the pennant! Uh, no, they're not going 5-2. That's just insane. Alright, do you want to spawn off some reach results here before we get out here, Jess? Just... Uh, well, I, yeah, I gave you the one
1: for the Hanley and Paulo bad signings, which is, oh, hold on. We got one more response in. It's now 4-2 to two in favor of no, they were not bad signings. So, people are not ready we to can't. jump off that bandwagon yet. Um. My question before that was, what should John Farrell do with the rotation? And this was after Rodriguez was was slotted in, making it a current six-man rotation. And we get seven responses for that, and five of them have said keep a six-man rotation. So people are liking this because, as me and Jared talked about off-air before, this the pitching staff is not good enough that you want to make it a five-game rotation, a five-man rotation, so that you can have that ace pitcher like John Lester. Not having not having more days off than they already have off. They're not good enough to do that. And you have a bunch of guys who are like on the edge of, of being good and being bad. So a six-man rotation makes sense to us, and apparently makes sense to most other people. The two other respondees said replace Stephen Wright with Eduardo Rodriguez. Oh, wrong
0: decision. Wrong decision. And, I'm sorry. And, yeah, and,
1: and nobody said replace Joe Kelly with Rodriguez. That was interesting to me.
0: That's, weird. that's the one they're actually going to do, if that's the case. So.
1: I think so, so. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, there it is. Got to love the reach results. Keep We'll keep keeping an eye out for that. Uh, when we ask the reach questions, they get posted to all of our social media accounts. Again, you can find us at Red Sox Beat, at Red Sox Beat, which you search it on Facebook as well, um, Google+. Plus. So I'm going to get a Tumblr going. I've been really slacking on that one, um, But we'll be up on Tumblr, so you can reblog all of our stuff there. A bunch of stuff going on. You can find us anywhere. Of course, please, if you haven't already and you like the show, go on iTunes, re- review and subscribe us on there. Uh, we'd love the help. And, um, yeah, so that's all the places you can find us. Fans, don't forget, we're, we're doing a great promo here if you like to read via the audiobook. CLNS Radio, the C L N S B Podcast Series, and Audible are giving you a free audiobook from the world's biggest online library. All you have to do is simply go to audiopodcast.com backslash Celtics. And you can get your free audiobook from us here at CLNS and the people at Audible. It's good stuff. I love for audiobooks, Jess. It's a good time. My girlfriend loves audiobooks too because she likes to listen to Harry Potter in the car. She's so, not the only one.
1: Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> I'm
0: sure she's not. Um, so, yeah, so it's a great feature. It's not a feature. It's a great promo situation. So go on and get your free audiobook. Just go on. Again, audiblepodcast.com backslash Celtics. Jess, we had a good show. Okay. It was, despite the rain The rain out today and the rainy grossness that is outside today. We had a good show. Kept our spirits high. Didn't have to crap on Clay Buckle, so that was a thing. Yeah, got to start winning. Disagree. Yeah, just got to start winning. It's all it is. Um, Jess wants them to go 5-2 and two this week. You're stupid. Uh, not going to happen. I think hey, you're smoking something, Jess. when it happens, you can come back to me, all right? You're smoking something. You're not going to be here next week Alright Yeah well, we'll talk about it <laughs>
1: Alright
0: so that's, Yeah that's true I'm going to get a text from you yep. when they when, when, they're like, when they're at like 4 and 2 I'm going to be right Oh my Every God.
1: win they get I'm going to be texting you Hey you know what They got to win <laughs> Hey win Hey win
0: Hey win Once they're above 2 I'm wrong So um, Alright not then. Oh well <laughs> Jess is not going to be here next week He's camping Good for you Enjoy um, I will be here next week
1: You're going to have to do weekly to... recap
0: Co-host TBD haven't decided yet. So we'll figure that one out. Um I might not even announce it, Jess. I might just let it be a surprise to whoever listens to the show. Um that being said, yeah, I don't know who's gonna do the weekly recap next week either. Who knows? I might let the other guy do it. Or the other girl do it. Who's, whoever's gonna call home So, um, until next week, for Jess Thomas, who'll be back in two weeks. I am Jared Scaling Forces. Again, this is Red Sox Speed on C L N S radio. Enjoy the attempted good week at baseball. See ya.